Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Stroke Diva Fabulous show, radio show. I am here with another fabulous show with you this evening, and we are talking to Joel J. Helfer. I want to make sure I get that out right. You did. Okay. And uh, Joel is an author, talk show host, and entrepreneur. Tonight we're going to focus on how to make money as a talk show host. And I know that, Joel, there's a, a whole practice around doing your radio show and doing a, a podcast So and, and making money, of course. We all want to do that. So tell us how that works, your, your expertise. Well, thank you, Kamara, for having me on the show. I appreciate it very much. Yeah. And um, we have a little different concept about uh, how to make money. And it's based on the natural relationship that's built between the talk show host and the talk show guest. And that occurs during the whole process, uh, before the interview, the actual booking of the interview, the beginning of the relationship, the initial communications, uh, the questions, the bio, the picture, all the preamble information that goes into setting up the show, and then actually the whole show experience. Because most people, first of all, are excited about being interviewed on the radio or a podcast. And then when it's all done, they usually have a really good feeling about it, most of the time. And that's a natural relationship that's built up between the guest and the host. And at that point, the uh, host usually offers the guest either a link or an MP3 recording to the um, interview, and then the talk show host, all he has to do is say to the guest, here's a valuable digital asset, and I hope you use it well. And then he asks one question, and here's the sweet spot. Uh, what do you intend to do with the interview? And usually the proper or the normal response from the guest will be, what do you suggest? And the reason I'll say that is because now you've built up this really nice relationship. And at that point, uh, we have built out a whole range of products and services that are middle to low-end PR uh, products that the um, guests can use. It's all done for you that they can purchase. And we take the interview and we purpose it like anywhere from 15 to 25 different ways. And the talk show host gets a nice commission for just the referral, and he or she doesn't have to do any work either. And it's a unique opportunity for both the talk shows to make a few bucks and for the talk show guest to take that interview and just blow it up all over the place. That's what we do. That's the system. Wow. That is so interesting. And because when I saw money and talk show hosts, I'm like, well, how in the world does this work? And typically, are you focused on one type of show or just a, multi, a multiple? Um, we're focused on just about anything because this works anytime there's a conversation between a guest and a host. As long as there's a conversation and there's some type of a product or service attached to that conversation, uh, we can do a good job for the guest and for the host. And, we, and this all started in a kind of a weird way. We've been doing this for three years, and I got an opportunity. I was in the construction business when I retired. I got an opportunity to work as a radio producer for a uh, nationally syndicated talk show out of Chicago on a national station. It was 560 AM, The Answer. 
used to be called WIND, and he found out about me, and we talked, and he says to me, have you ever been a radio producer before? And I go, no. <laughs> and he says, do you know how to talk to people on the phone? He said, yes. And then he said, maybe you can go get me guests. And I said, well, I'll give it a shot. So we came up with a way of doing it. And what he was doing is he was, at one time, he was sponsored by a major sponsor, and they were giving him a lot of money. But they dictated what he could say and who he could interview. And this guest host, this host didn't like it very much. So he self-funded the show, but he needed to charge the guests a reasonable amount of money to appear. So my job was to sell these interviews, which I did. But there was a lot of obstacles to it because most people think, and rightly so, that radio and podcast interviews are free. So after doing this for a while, I decided to come up with another approach where we do the same thing everybody else does, is offer them a free interview, build up a nice relationship, which happened really naturally. It wasn't anything we did special. It's just a way of the experience. And then at the end, we'd offer them something. worked out 10 times better. And that's what I do now. And I've got a website called QuotedAuthorityMedia.com where we've got a whole range of services. And what I do is I ask the talk show host to offer them to the guest. And it works out really well. And in a period of, I don't know, less than a year, we built up almost 400 talk shows that are taking advantage of this. So everybody, And it's not, you're not going to make a, enough money to buy a Ferrari or drink Mai Tais in Maui. <laughs> <laughs> but what it is, it's a dependable source of additional revenue that people need to run their shows. And that is so important, the additional revenue. And do you find it, well, it's just been three years and social media, you know, gets better and better. Do you think that has had a huge uh, part of growing the business? Um, as far as social media comes, social media is wonderful if you use it right. Mm hmm and the trick is is just to do it professionally and just stay within, you know, like boundaries because you have to be careful because we're dealing here with people's likenesses, reputations, company names. So you have to be kind of careful what you say about them, you know, as opposed to what went on in the presidential election, but we'll leave that alone. <laughs> we're not going there. <laughs> oh, my goodness, it's too painful to talk about it. <laughs> but, but anyways... Uh, social media is a wonderful use for taking, like, for example, uh, this particular interview, when it's over, what I do with my interviews is I find a picture of you as a host, and if you have, I find a logo of your station or your show, show is better, and I post that on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and a whole bunch of places, and the description is, hi, my name is Joel. I was just interviewed by Kamira uh, T. Richmond on TalkShow.com. And here's what we talked about, and you might enjoy listening to it. And I just post it. And I do the same thing on LinkedIn. And people listen to these interviews. Right. And the nice part about it is they get to know your personality a little bit about you. They find out real quick, I like this guy, I don't like this guy. Bottom line is, you get people to want to talk to you more. And that's the whole purpose of it, as I see it, is pick, is get them to pick up the phone and call you. Right. And this has really been an, a good experience for me. Um, as I mentioned, I, I had the stroke, and one of my girlfriends, she said, you know what, your major, your major was TV, radio, and film, so let's get you back into doing something that you know. Right. And uh, which is radio, and so uh, she started this show for me, and for me it is um, it's a part of my cognitive therapy because it keeps me <laughs> engaged you know with people and what's going on in the world and uh, and that's the thing it's the relationships. so someone will reach out to me because they've heard my voice, they were listening to the show that someone had told them about. And so you do build those uh, connections and relationships over social media. I mean, it may just be we 
meet each other on LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter, but then you have that connection. What I like to do is, of course, to highlight entrepreneurs, and what you do is so it's so interesting because you really don't think about For me, I just think, oh, this is great for my cognitive therapy. I don't think about making money. But for a lot of people, this is a nice, a nice little chunk of change to do um, something that you love. Well, the way I look at it, and this might sound a little like materialistic or crass, but the way I look at it is all these people are – and there's been a tremendous upward trend, and particularly in podcasts, there's at least thousands, hundreds of thousands of them. And everybody works really hard to build their show, to get their equipment set up. It's, a, it's an ongoing commitment to run the show and get the guests and record it and edit it and upload it. All that's great, right? Mm-hmm. But to my way of looking, if you're not making a little return, a financial return, what's the point? Right. You know, because after a while, you're going to get burned out. But if you're at least making enough to cover your costs, and there are costs, depending on whether you use podcasts or if you go to real live radio, that's a whole different deal. And you want to at least recover those costs. And on top of it, what you also want to do is not only offer your guest a good experience while they're on the radio, but a really good post experience where if you can show him how to take that interview time, I call it a ROI, return on interview. If you can show him how to take that interview and multiply that experience all over the place, it's really good. Yes, and I don't do a lot of podcasting. Well, I should say I don't do any podcast. But what's the difference between doing a podcast and just a regular uh, television show? Well, you mean a radio show? Radio show, sorry, yes. The difference is is most radio shows, um, sometimes a lot of them are pre-recorded, but sometimes they archive them on their website, and sometimes they don't. And if they're not um, recorded somewhere, it's just a one-time experience that kind of gets lost. Or maybe they only keep like, 10 or 15 recent episodes on a website, as opposed to a podcast, where if you go to iTunes or SoundCloud or a platform like that, they literally archive every single episode of the podcast. And some people, as much as have 800,000 episodes that you can listen to. And people who really like the show, the podcast, and like the talk shows, will start listening to episode after episode after episode. So there's a big advantage to podcasts from that standpoint because you get less people maybe listening per show, but you'll get them to listen to you over and over and over again. So you built up a more targeted, loyal audience as opposed to a radio show. You know, people listen to on their way to work, on their way home in the car. And they have their favorite talk shows, but not with the same fervor as a podcast. Matter of fact, most of the radio talk shows I know are also doing podcasts for that reason. And so, is that something that has just come along kind of recently, or? Oh, I'm sure it's recent because I don't know how long podcasts have been around, but I'd say less than ten years. So it is recent. And that's a good idea to do something like that because I'm like. Whatever I have, you know, whatever I do, I want to do it over and over and over again. So to go to have a podcast and I can download like all six, seven episodes uh, is great. And it's just like for me, this talk show, it's live and recorded, and so you can listen to it over and over, which is um, what I love, definitely what I love to do. And, Joel, we only have a few more minutes. But um, tell folks how they can get in touch with you and what is it that we need to know. Um, They can get in touch with me by going to my website. It's called QuotedAuthorityMedia.com, QuotedAuthorityMedia.com, where I have links to all my information. Also, if they want to talk to me on the phone, 
they can schedule a call where they, I'm always available. And probably the most important thing to keep in mind is two things. One, there's a natural relationship that's built up between the guest and the host, and that should be leveraged. And that two, a radio interview or a podcast interview is a real digital asset that can be repurposed many ways in order to get more attention, more publicity, more exposure, spread your message, uh, maybe get a speaking engagement, get new leads, clients, and sales. So it really is a really useful tool, marketing tool, and most people just just don't take advantage of the back end is where all the fun is. Right. And the the one thing that I really want to talk to you about is how you make money doing it, which is great. So thanks for, for sharing that with us. And I do like everything is digital. So it's going to get easier and better as we go along. Oh, I think so. And people are getting more used to it because now they listen to podcasts, uh, you know, on their iPhone or their Android phone with a headset. They could be in the gym. They could be taking a walk with their dog. And now mm-hmm. they even are posting uh, podcasts on car radios, you know, so you can listen to it in your car. So it's really a good thing. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Joel, for being on the show. And as we were talking about uh, before we started, we are going to connect in a few days. And uh, I'm glad that you were able – I'm glad that Calendar uh, (laughs) was finally able to to get you to it. So that's great. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful Thank you very much, Kamira, for having me on the show. I appreciate it very much. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Now, do I have on the line Coach Melvin McKenzie? Coach Melvin is here. Camarilla, how are you? Oh, great. I'm fine. How are you? I am great. Thank you. I know with you that we have Dr. John P. Painter and Professor Carl A. Toten. Are they with you this evening? Mm -hmm. I am here, Camarilla. This is uh, Carl Totten. Totten. Thank you. I was trying to remember that after listening to the video. <laughs> <laughs> so happy to join you today. Thank you so much. This will be really interesting. Um, I'm going to let you gentlemen talk about what you do because you all have a wide range of topics that we can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we can. Yes. Actually, um, actually uh, Doctor Doctor Painter is going to be here in spirit. Um, he has some. He's storing seminars uh, at the moment, so he wasn't able to make it. So okay. he will listen to the um, to the recording. Uh, so right. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. So, Coach McKenzie, let's start with you. First, welcome both of you to the Stroke Diva Fabulous Show. I'm excited to have you here. And Thank you for having us. Oh, my pleasure. So, Coach Melvin, we'll start with you first. Okay. Um, I am Coach Melvin. Um, I uh, started uh, martial arts back in the uh, back in the late '60s. Uh, started out with a style called Praying Mantis. Uh, this was after I had met Bruce Lee at a tournament. Uh, and by medium, meaning I just uh, shook his hand and uh, that's about it. <laughs> didn't really get to hear him or didn't get to know him or anything. But uh, that was one of the highlights of my life. And that's actually one of the things that got me interested in the martial arts uh, was seeing him on TV. Uh, uh, I practiced for a while, and then I joined the military. I taught military troops uh, in the Army. Um, I I did an 11-year stint in the Army. Then I came out. uh, When I came out of the Army, I wanted to go to California because there was a particular uh, master that I wanted to meet who was teaching what I had always heard of, something called Tai Chi. 
and I wanted to find out what this Tai Chi was about because I had only practiced the uh, northern style of uh, Kung Fu and the southern style, and so many people were telling me what this Tai Chi was, uh, you know, something very soft, uh, and I wanted to check it out. So came out to California, and I started um, studying at the Wu School of Internal Martial Arts. Um, and from there, I started meeting other martial artists, like um, my brother, Dr. Tompkin here, uh, and a lot of other uh, very famous martial artists. And we all went around to different tournaments uh, all over California competing, and uh, one thing led to another. And over the years, we all went our different ways, uh, and eventually I became an author because I was very concerned about um, people's health, especially in tournaments. Um, a lot of uh, practitioners would get hurt, and they would use various ointments. And I wanted something that was a little bit different, so I created a lotion called Heaven's Palm Pain Knockout. And uh, I created that, and I sold it for a while. Uh, then I took it off the market because I wanted to do something, get involved in something else. So I started uh, offering books, and my very first book was um, a book called Self-Defense Against Dogs, and that's something that I specialized in. Uh, that was my first book. It was a, a bestseller, uh, and I got information from various other martial artists about what they would do if a dog attacked them. Um, and Dr. Totten, he gave me some very good information on what happened to him when he was attacked by a dog. Uh, so I wrote that book, and then I started writing several other books, uh, and this led up to the current book, uh, which we have, and I wanted to write that with uh, my good friend, Dr. Totten, and also Dr. John Painter. And uh, we all uh, pitched in and um, put various chapters in the book, but we wanted to make it a nutritional book also to appeal to people who were non-martial artists. Um, so we got together, put our heads together, and we felt, we feel that we came up with a very compelling book that, um, that actually uh, transformed people's uh, lives once they read Dr. Totten's chapter uh, and Dr. Painter's chapter and my chapter. They're all different chapters, um, giving different concepts about chi, but they actually all dissolve into the same uh, realm of ability to be able to um, bring a person to a point of equilibrium and a healthy lifestyle. And the nutritional aspects of the book, we put some very powerful um, nutritional concepts in there. And uh, I believe, uh, and this is my own personal belief, I know there's certain things that I'm not allowed to say because of the constraints of the pharmaceutical industry, but uh, I'll just say personally, all of the um, food, items that I have been using from the book, chapters 15 through 17, I have not gotten sick at all. So uh, going by those things have prevented me from having any type of uh, sickness or illness, and I believe uh, the same thing can be stressed uh, by Dr. Todd and Dr. Painter. But it's not just the nutritional aspects of it, too. It's also the um, internal arts that we practice, the Qigong, the Tai Chi, the Bakuatong, and other various arts, these things blend in with nutrition and uh, give us exceptional health. So uh, my mission is to uh, get this book into the hands of the masses, and what we would like to do is to positively impact the lives of one million people by the year 2020. And currently the book is uh, selling very, very well. 
um, people all over the world are reading it. International leaders are reading it. So we feel uh, quite satisfied that the book is doing its job in um, bringing people exceptional health. Well, the mind, heart, body, spirit, and soul are so connected, which is why I believe in the Tai Chi and the Qigong. And now eating healthy is, okay, I'm still working on that. But (laughs) (laughs) that is definitely a stress reliever. And give everyone the the title of the book. The title of the book is called The Book on Internal Stress Release. The subtitle is Get Powerful Health and Nutritional Secrets. Uh, and some sometimes I kind of uh, uh, people make a joke out of it um, when they're talking about me, uh, or if I'm around a group of people and they're talking about stress, they say, "Well, you know what? You need to talk to Coach Melvin." And they say, "Why? He wrote the book on stress." <laughs> so, but I. I always add that um, this book wouldn't be what it is without um, our co-authors, Dr. Totten and Dr. John Painter, involved. Yes, and stress, you know, is it is a killer. And if it's not managed properly, it, and we live in this very, just the world is just going by so fast. And well, you know, um, Camarillo, one thing that, we do, and one thing that really um, is one of my pet peeves, a lot of the uh, institutions and other uh, type of agencies, they um, deal with stress or they manage stress. But we don't like to say that because when you manage something, (laughs) you still have it. And when you deal with something, you know, you just, putting up with it. But that's that's the purpose of this book. It's called Stress Release, and notice it's R-E-L-E-A-S, like in Sam, E, and not not relief, like R-E-L-I-E-F, like in Frank. Because when you release something, to take like a balloon, when you release it, it goes up in the air and it never comes back. And that's what one of the things that we teach. In fact, in fact, uh, Dr. Titan and Dr. Painter, um, they have students all over the world, and um, they have a very effective approach to helping people to release stress. Ah, that is the difference. Not yes. managing, not managing, but releasing. Right, and never ever having it come back to permeate your energetic or your physical body again. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And Dr. Toten, tell us all about you. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I started training as a boy in uh, Chinese martial arts. I began training uh, in 1963, wow. uh, so a long time ago. And, um, you know, I, like most young boys, you know, I originally wanted to learn about self-defense, you know, how to take care of myself against the bullies in school, you know, things like that. But then, as time went on, my teachers turned out to be just amazing individuals. Some of them were doctors of Chinese medicine. Some of them were priests, you know, Buddhist or Taoist priests. And they taught a lot more than just how to block and kick and fight. <laughs> you know, in fact, my, my teacher, my main Kung Fu teacher, he always said that Kung Fu mainly is a health art. It's mainly for your health because the breathing, the movements, the stretching, the balancing, the strengthening, all of that is to strengthen your health. And then the self-defense part, of course, it's very unhealthy if you let somebody crack you over the skull with a baseball bat or something, right? That's real unhealthy. Right. So you can't let that happen either. <laughs> so that's the self-defense part. It's protecting your health. But as you, we were talking uh, earlier, you know, stress is definitely a killer. And in our modern kind of fast-paced lifestyle, uh, it's very, very difficult, if not impossible, to completely avoid stress. 
And right. stress is our stress response is actually built into every human nervous system. You know, we have uh, part of our stress response is designed to defend us or protect us. You know, from uh, maybe a million years ago, you know, if a tiger jumped out and was getting ready to jump you, what do you have to do? Well, you better either run away or somehow fight it or maybe freeze and maybe it'll go past you and not see you. Right. And so those, those reactions have been built into every human nervous system forever. But the problem today is that we don't have tigers chasing us necessarily, but we have other people's thoughts and words chasing us. We have worries about our jobs and our family that chase us and pursue us. We have worries about finances and health. We have all sorts of things to worry about that cause stress. And what happens is that people get keyed up, so their nervous system is firing, their blood pressure is elevated, their uh, heart rate is up, their, their pulse is up, their brain and body is releasing stress hormones. So the body is actually, since it's being geared up all the time, is starting to wear out. And that begins to compromise the immune system. And when the immune system is weakened and compromised, that's when all sorts of health and physical problems can begin. And so what we're trying to do with our teachings and the information in the book is to give people strategies, foods, <laughs> practices, meditations, activities that they can do every day so they don't become a slave to just having to take medications. Because as we all know, you know medications, no matter how good they are, they all have a, an incredible number of side effects. And sometimes the side effects is worse than the condition they're trying to treat. <laughs> I know. When you listen to the commercial, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's scary, isn't it? <laughs> you know, they're talking about, you know, this cream you can put on, you know, or, or this pill you can take that's going to make you, uh, uh, you know, have better skin or something. Oh, and the side effects, oh, it causes liver failure or kidney failure, <laughs> you know, <laughs> You know, coma and death. I'm going, what? Why would anybody ever take this medication? And so what we really want to do is to empower people to be able to take care of themselves and, and, and through some simple activities and, and learning how to eat properly, people can essentially become their own doctors and they can collaborate with their health practitioners with full knowledge and information about how to take care of themselves in a way so that hopefully they will need less and less and less medication and medical treatment because they're healthy. Kind of like his coach said a little while ago, he hasn't been sick in, what, 30, 40 years? I'm the same. Dr. Painter's the same. We must be doing something right. <laughs> we never, we don't get sick. And, you know, and the, the thing is, is being sick and taking the medication because – after after uh, having the stroke, I am all too familiar with that. You know, it is healthcare is a business, and so yes. how do you, it how is. Do you yes. um, kind of help people to to kind of get them more so? We have the Eastern and the Western. How do mm -hmm. you kind of guide people more so to the Eastern okay. way? Of well, living? let me let me give you a good example. Um, there, there's a practice in psychology now called positive psychology. You know, the traditional psychology, just like going to a medical doctor, okay, what's wrong with you? What are your symptoms? And now here, now let's do therapy to try to make you better. <laughs> and, 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 of course, we have to still do some of that. But one of the things that they have found is that in both prevention and treatment, your mindset, your attitude plays a huge part and as to whether or not you get sick in the first place, and also how quickly and completely you recover. You know, there there was a study done in uh, San Francisco back in the 1980s, I believe, where a number of, uh, something like 150 men had had their first heart attacks. And they, and they followed these men for eight years to, to see what happened to them. And they tested them, you know, all kinds of psychological tests, medical tests to see exactly what was going on with, 
with them, body and mind, over the course of eight years. Eight years later, they unsealed the results, and it was amazing. Out of the 150 men, many of them, uh, of course, had died, you know, be, you know, because of that first heart attack or because they had a second heart attack. But in trying to figure out what conditions led to either health or death, <laughs> they found out that all of the things that you would predict that might have to do with uh, dying or, or having a lack of health weren't as important as one other thing. The one thing they found that was the predictor of survivability after eight years, after a first heart attack, was optimism, a positive mental attitude. You know, out of the 16 less least po positive people in that study, you know, the most pessimistic, out of the 16, 15 of them were dead after eight years. And out of the 16 at the other end, the most positive, the most optimistic, only five had died. That's like a 300% difference in survivability. You never find rates like that in almost anything. Right. And the nice thing is that through our program, we have a ways of teaching you how to become more optimistic, more cheerful, more happy, more enjo enjoying your daily life every day so that you feel good. And when you feel good, your immune system is working well. And if something does come into your system, very, very often you can overcome it and, and regain your full health and full physical and mental and emotional and spiritual functioning. And what you're saying is so true because – Doctors, all the doctors that I, I know, all the doctors that I have, the number one thing is have a positive attitude. You heal yes. so much quicker than yes. if you are depressed and, you know, you're having a really hard time kind of getting out of the funk you know, of what's happening. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that will take you down for sure. <clears throat> and, in fact, that, that word you just said is one of the first things I teach people. Yes. You know, it's amazing how many times during the day we say or think no or something the equivalent. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, it's too hard. Oh, you're not good enough. Oh, I don't know. You know, it's something that has to that's basically negative. And so one of the very first things that I have people do, first thing in the morning, you open your eyes and you say thank you, gratitude, and then just say over and over, yes. 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 And that that actually changes your brain waves. It releases uh, you know, positive hormones into your brain and body, and it gets you geared up to have a more successful day. Oh, un unbelievably true. Yes, that is so yes. true. Yes. <laughs> so you know that old saying, just say no? No, I say just say yes. <laughs> <laughs> just say yes. I wanted to ask you, too, about uh, KEH Marketing, LLC. Okay. Uh, KEH Marketing is actually the uh, company that publishes uh, the book, or the books, I should say. <laughs> That's the uh, marketing one uh, for the uh, books. Uh, and if you add the forward slash and stress dash release, then that takes people to the actual page where they can order the book. Okay, okay. And before we uh, we have to end our conversation, let everyone know how they can contact both of you and how they can get the book. Uh, they can contact Dr. Totten through his uh, his website. Um, you want to give them your your mm -hmm. website. Yes, I, I have various websites, but the, an easy one is just my name, Dr. Carl Totten, which is T-O-T-T-O-N, Dr. Carl, with a C, drcarltotten.com. See, isn't that easy? Yeah, right. <laughs> and, then, and then, of course, the book uh, is also available on Amazon. Great, great. It's, it's available on uh, Amazon, but it's also available on Dr. Totten's uh, school school um, site. He has the Taoist Institute. Um, they can get the uh, book. If you, if you just go to 
to DaoistInstitute.com. Uh, you'll see the book there. And then on my website, DaeHMarketing.com uh, slash stress-release, uh, you can see the book there, and uh, it can be ordered there as well. So okay. it, can, it can be ordered in several several places. It also can be ordered Google, uh, Apple, what is that, Apple, um, uh, whatever Apple uses. I'm not an Apple user, so uh, <laughs> Apple, iBooks or something like that, yeah. And the okay. other thing I want to ask you about uh, was the dynamic application of internal awareness, D-A-I-A. Yes, yes. that's uh, one of the methods that I teach. That's one of my trademark methods for helping people to release stress. And as I said earlier, um, each one of us, Dr. Painter, Dr. Totten, and myself, we all have different uh, methods and concepts of um, teaching Qigong to people and helping people to release stress. And it goes by different names, but, you know, a car is a car. Right. <laughs> it, it takes you to where you want to go. So uh, my approach, dynamic application of internal awareness, um, what I do is, uh, you know, based on Qigong, I teach people how to just stand quietly because, you know, we're always moving. From the time we wake up in the morning, people rush to go to work, they rush to eat, they rush to drink their coffee, they, they rush to get to the bus stop or whatever it is that they're doing. They're always rushing, rushing. And then while they're at work, then they're waiting for lunchtime to come. And then when lunchtime comes, they're rushing to hurry up and finish so they can get back to work. And then when work is finished, they're rushing to, uh, you know, try to beat the traffic on the freeway so they can get home and cook, and cook you know. Everything is always rushing, 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 and it, you know, this this compounds the brain and you know puts you in a constantly going state. So we teach people to slow down, relax. We teach people how to just stand still and know yourself. And once you stand still and breathe, your mind is aware of what's actually going on in your body. When you're in a constant state of flux or rushing, you can't really know what's happening inside your body. You can't read uh, you know, if, let's say, certain symptoms are about to develop. Your mind cannot read it because you're constantly rushing. But if you stop, relax, and even the, uh, you know how uh, a lot of teachers say, hey, just stop count to 10, take, you know, breathe, and, you know, take 10 deep breaths. Well, basically, it's the same thing. You want to just stop and let your mind relax. And, you know, through, through certain methods, through my method, dynamic application of internal awareness, you're stopping everything, you're closing your eyes, and you're focusing within. And your awareness becomes... Uh, attuned to your own body. And you can, for example, uh, once you reach deeper levels, you can actually feel and listen and see your blood going through your body. You can see the activity of your kidney, your spleen, your heart, your, your liver. You can speed it up, slow it down, but that's on a, a higher level. But basically speaking, you know, we, we teach people just to stop, slow down, relax, Breathe deeply and let your mind start to become aware of what's going on inside the body. We just teach people to be better attuned to the body so that, you know, um, like our Dr. Carl said, physician heal thyself. <laughs> and Absolutely. we just, you know, yeah, we, what you're saying we, is so true. We uh, learn to heal ourselves, or if I want to use a different term, uh, we can read what's going on in our bodies when we stop, slow down, and take note of what's going on. And that happens to a lot of folks, you know, because you're rushing and rushing. When you get to the doctor, you say, oh, my God, I never even noticed. 
because life has been so busy that you didn't notice that something was changing in your body. Absolutely. And so that is, you know, a way to always remember because you see it on the news, or you, like all the time, uh, all of the new health issues that we have. And um, I've tried Kijong once or twice. It felt really good. I have a tight Tai Chi tape, which I've done only once or twice, but I felt <laughs> really good at the time. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, I actually have some uh, Tai Chi tapes and some Qi Gong tapes. Qi, for the listeners, means energy, and Gong means work. So it's kind of working with the energy of the body and the mind and the spirit to teach us how to relax and become better balanced, you know, this mind-body connection, which is so important. And we want to actually get to the point where, as Coach Melvin was saying, you know, you can actually kind of see what's going on in your body and feel what's going on. And then you actually talk to your body and tell it how you want it to function, uh, which, of course, is in perfect health. And you're, you know what? Your body will listen to you if you actually talk to it. It will listen to it. And then you visualize. One thing I have people do is visualize, like, all your internal organs, your heart, lungs, spleen, kidney, and put a smiley face on them. See your organs smiling at you so that inside you feel happy and cheerful and optimistic, and that alone can completely change your health. Yeah, I'll be doing that tonight. Excellent. <laughs> I, went, I went to visit my mother last night. She's 102 years old, <laughs> and she's doing really good, and uh, her picture is actually in the book. <laughs> oh, wonderful. And I know at, at her age she knows all about the body-mind connection to live that long. My grandmother passed about six years ago, and she was 103. Wow. And, uh, she would have still been here, but she um, she fell. And, you know, once at that age, once you fall, it's, it's more challenging. So exactly. I know your, your mother knows about the, the mind and body connection. <laughs> and every time I learn something about how to heal with energy or breathing, of course, I always want to practice whatever I learned on her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I teach massage, you know, how to do massage therapy, Chinese massage therapy, all of those things I would practice on her. Oh, wonderful. That's why she's so, she's healthy, healthy and happy, saying yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Always remember, yes. First thing in the morning and last thing at night, along with gratitude. Yes. You know, to, just before you go to sleep, try to think about three things that happened that day that you feel grateful for so that you go to to sleep with a positive mental attitude and actually get rest at night when you're sleeping instead of still being tense and under stress. And then you wake up in the morning, you say yes, and you jump out of bed because you can't wait to get to your day. <laughs> <laughs> that is powerful living, I tell you. And I, my 7:30 has not uh, logged in yet. So any other information that you gentlemen would like to to share, we'll we'll have a few more minutes. Well, you know, my the main thing I teach people is that they can be in charge of their own health. They don't have to just be, uh, you know, uh, subservient to. <laughs> the medical profession and the pharmaceutical profession because uh, th that doesn't leave people feeling empowered and in charge of their own life. We have to be able to work with the health professionals, but we have to do our part too. Right. And every human being, all 7 billion of us in this world, well, one thing we all have in common is habits. All human beings are creatures of habit. <laughs> and what you tended to do last week, last month, last year, five years ago, you, you probably are going to still be thinking and feeling and behaving in a very similar way unless and until what? You change. You change. And so that's what I, we try to teach people is how to change. Because it's not enough to just to want to change. You need to actually have the tools the skills to be able to change. And the only way to do that is to do something every day that's different and in align, alignment with how you personally want to change with your goals in life. And so I have people do a 100-day program where 
they, in conjunction with myself, and we have all these techniques in the book and the, and the, the foods and nutritional information they need to do every day, because if you do something for 100 days, guess what? You have created a brand new habit, a positive one this time that's going to support your mental, emotional, and physical well-being and not the type of habit that is based on the stress reaction that's going to start tearing your health down. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now nobody is perfect and sometimes even though we're trying to be positive, we will get a negative thought. You know, we we know we're we're, we're just human, right? We sometimes you can't help yourself. Right. But w- w- when you do get uh, a negative thought, just again, just like the coach was saying, you just kind of stop for a minute, take a deep breath, Look at it, and what I suggest is that you actually put in your mind, you put that negative thought in a bubble, and imagine that bubble just floating up in the air and then popping and it just releasing and dissipating. And that's a way that you can actually take negative thoughts and actually dissolve them so that then you can go back to this positive thinking that we're talking about. I like what uh, what Dr. Patton said about the bubble because – um, Dr. Painter, he has uh, very good graphic examples of the yes. bubble in his um, in his uh, chapter. Very, very, very good um, examples. Of it. And I will reach out to him uh, as well. But visualization is so important because visually you have to see that bubble bursting. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and when it does, all the stress that that was containing for you is just released in just an instant. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I do this with literally, you know, I, I'm a, uh, I, my doctor is in clinical psychology. I'm a, I'm a board-certified licensed psychologist. And I did a lot of my training in medical centers, working, you know, side-by-side side with uh, physicians. And so this mind-body connection is something that I've been really, uh, practicing and teaching with my students. I'm a professor of psychology in a grad school and with my clients every day. This is, these are things I do every day. And I, I know their work, they work because I see the effects every single day when clients come in to see me. And that's the thing with this busy world, this carving you go, oh, my God, 100 days. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, you know why it's a hundred days is because how how many days have you been alive? A lot more than that, right? <laughs> and so, old habits die hard, right? And so, the only way to extinguish an old habit is to create a new one. And if you do something every day for a hundred days, you have created—I guarantee you—you have created a brand new habit. Yes. And and that's the only way to really change your life. Absolutely. And um. um Coach Melvin, you were going to say something? No, I was agreeing with Dr. Totten. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me teach you quickly one more technique that, again, I teach to everybody. It's called mindfulness. Very similar to what uh, Coach was talking about. You know, w- when you sit quietly and you do that deep uh, breathing, things are going to come up. You know, some people can't turn off their thoughts, right? They're, they have that chattering like a monkey mind, right? Just chatter, <laughs> chatter, chatter. And so <clears throat> people think that when they when they meditate, they have to somehow magically make their mind just go blank and you don't think about anything. But you know the problem with that is nobody can do it. <laughs> and so instead of trying so, so hard to relax, all you have to do is watch what's there. If your mind is chattering, just kind of pull back, deep, breathe deeply, relax, and just watch it. If your body is feeling something or you have an emotional state, just watch it. Because just the very act of pulling back and observing it means that you're no longer caught up in it and it begins to lose its grip on you. And once it begins to lose its grip on you, that's when you can begin to program in all of those inner smiles, the bubble, the yes set, the deep breathing, the, uh, the gratitude, the positive thinking. Because as long as your mind is just racing, 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 how, you don't have space to put in all of the positive things that you really want to. So 
So that's an easy way for anyone, no matter how busy they are or whether they don't know anything about meditation, anybody can do this. We're not asking you to blank your mind and go into some uh, you know, uh, totally relaxed state at the beginning. You know why? Because you can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And I, I'd heard the um, monkey mind before. And yes. <laughs> so, so, you know, when I, I'm really good with my meditation tape. Because that's the uh-huh. first time I don't have a monkey mind. Because <laughs> <laughs> but, but so many people do. <laughs> Actually, the the uh, the uh, monkey mind that that comes from the um, one of the Chinese concepts, um, and I totally agree with it. But I like to use a baby mind because, for example, I'll take like my own two girls. Uh, you know, they are distracted. So much. They'll be doing one thing one minute, and then, for example, I'll go in the kitchen and get a drink of water and come back, and they're doing something completely different. In other words, uh, being monkey-minded means you can't focus. Well, not you can't, but they don't focus on one thing. They just jump from one thing to another without finishing anything. And so, you know, (laughs) uh, nothing ever gets done because they're just jumping from one thing to another without any, any you know, uh, thought to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, when you, when I see young people, whether if they're on the TV or you can hear it in the music, uh, it, everything is just like a jump. They start a conversation and then start another conversation that doesn't have anything to do Absolutely. And of course, that's the beauty about young children. They're so spontaneous. They're just in the present moment all the time. Right. Yeah. And that's and you know we need we like you said we need to get some of that little baby mind too, because they're they're just fully present all the time, and that's what makes them such a joy. You know, I I worked for almost twenty five years as a school psychologist with children you know, all the way from pre-kindergarten through high school and beyond. And so I spent a lot of time working with kids, you know, getting them to be their best self. Yes, absolutely. I, I would think for children it's easier because you you really don't know anything better. So all you know is to, to be yourself. And That's to, true. And to be good because your parents have taught you to be Good. But That's you true. Just, you can just free flow because you don't have all of the other stresses that <laughs> the adults have. Yeah, kids are great. They're great. They're terrific. I I love working with kids. That is now. An- let me give you an- another thing. Is is you know there's there's something that we get from being in nature that you can't get any other way. Frankly, it's really important to take the time. Again, we're so busy. But if you don't live in a rural environment, it's so important to take the time to go to the ocean, go to a meadow, go to the mountains, go to a forest. Just go somewhere where you can be with Mother Earth and just breathe and relax and get that back into that natural rhythm of life. That releases stress like almost nothing else. So that's something that I prescribe to my uh, clients and patients all the time. And that's something you can um, kind of take for granted, just taking a walk outside. I know. One with the tree or one with the the flower. It's important. It it makes a difference. And, And even when you can't do that, another thing I have people do every day is imagine a nature scene that you've been in or maybe you've even seen in a magazine, maybe you saw National Geographic, and you saw this beautiful island in the Pacific or something, and you put yourself in that scene, I mean, you completely feel it, like, like the sun on your skin, the wind in your hair, listening to the chirping birds or the waves of the water, and you completely immerse yourself in that mental scene, and guess what? Your body and your mind reacts as if you're already there. <laughs> And that's a great way to relieve stress and to make you feel more relaxed, more cheerful, more happy. 
And when your body is feeling that, your mind is feeling that way, then so does your body. Your body's uh, immune system is strengthened, and you're much less susceptible to having some uh, health challenge uh, start if you're feeling that way. It's like you're creating an internal climate of positive mentality and good health. Absolutely, absolutely. Gentlemen, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. I, I'm already smiling from here. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm feeling I'm feeling good. <laughs> Excellent. And that's the thing. These these methods are easy. Anybody can do it. Yes, definitely. And just and, take the time. That's taking the time is so important. And any last words for any of our our listeners? Uh, I just, just want to say that um, you know, my just from my heart, I really uh, hate to see people sick because I work in uh, two acclaimed medical centers uh, here in Los Angeles, and I uh, know firsthand what goes on behind the scenes. I've seen the suffering of people, so that's one of the um, the key factors that got me to writing this particular book, the book on internal stress release because, you know, I, along with Dr. Totten and Dr. Painter, you know, we really want to see people uh, walking in health. And, you know, once uh, a person is healthy, if we never see them again, that's fine because we'll know that, you know, using these particular methods, unlike the, uh, you know, doctors who want to keep, uh, you know, people as patients and have them coming back again at the end of the day. Um, but my heart and soul, I really want to see people uh, healthy, and uh, that's that's one of the uh, purposes um, that I stress this book. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yes, and, you know, each one of us has something to contribute to this world. And if we're a walking bunch of jangled nerves what we're going to be contributing is not going to be very positive. <laughs> and and so self-care, learning how to release stress, learning how to move to our highest possible good, our highest possible state of functioning, so we, we become a true uh, actualized, fully actualized human being, not only helps us and our families, it helps our community, it helps our nation, and it helps our world. We're all in this big boat together. together. And either we're going to float together or we're going to sink together. And I want us to float to the surface and <laughs> soar to the heavens. <laughs> I, I am with you. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, gentlemen, thank you for, for being on the show. And, of course, as you know, the show is live and recorded. So in about 15 minutes or so, uh, talk to you will upload so you'll be able to uh, share the show with your network and later on this evening I'll post it on Facebook and Twitter and all the other social media sites and so this this session uh, is there for a long time <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. great thank you so much and, Kamaria, just in case uh, any listeners came in a little bit later, I just want to give the uh, address where they can get the book again. It's www, of course, kehmarketing.com forward slash release, that, uh, forward slash stress dash release. Great. Thank you for uh, for repeating that. This this book uh, can be a lifesaver. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much for having us on your show. Thank you. I am. It's such a pleasure having you. So I'm going to say to everyone, thank you for tuning in, and I'll be here next Monday at seven o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and have a fabulous week. Thank you. You have, you have thank a good day too. Okay, bye-bye. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.